Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Janine Berminia. Janine is the Senior Director of Intellectual Property and Licensing at the Wisconsin Alumni Research Foundation, also known as WARF. Janine has been with WARF for over 17 years and also graduated from the University of Wisconsin with a bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering and a master's degree in pharmaceutical science and biomedical engineering. And with that impressive background, welcome to the podcast, Janine. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Well, Janine, I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. And I'm really curious to hear about yours since you did both your undergraduate and graduate work at the University of Wisconsin and then went into tech transfer at Wharf. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you decide to go into tech transfer? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I actually didn't know about Wharf when I was in school. Um, it was just the building that the parking department was in. That was the only reason I knew of Wharf, and I thought it was a building. Um, but I had a friend from engineering school who worked at a law firm in Milwaukee as a patent engineer or patent agent. And after graduating with my master's, I started working at a startup company here in Madison that happened to be a Wharf licensee. It was a spin out of the transplant surgery department at the UW hospital. And I was working as a scientist in the lab and, and it was really interesting. They were doing some really cool work, but I also found myself interested in the business side of things. So through my friend, I became more aware of IP and licensing and ended up applying for a job as a licensing associate at Wharf. And I'm still here today. It's you know a really interesting job. I get to work with many different technologies and help them find a home with either an existing company who's going to work to improve their products or create a new one, or even work with faculty members and entrepreneurs who want to create new businesses around the research done here on campus. So it's a really fun job. Um, I think there's a lot more um, uh, interest in university tech transfer now than back when I was in school. And I know, uh, along with our fellow tech transfer colleagues, we do a lot of outreach to campus to promote the benefits of patenting and licensing. But we also speak about tech transfer as a career opportunity and often sit on panels around alternative career paths for people with scientific and engineering backgrounds. So I think it's cool now that more people know about our industry and actually want to be in university tech transfer versus fall into it like many of us have. Yeah. And, and Wharf is, a, I think, a very interesting place to be because it has such a tremendous history. It's been around for almost 96 years. And for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with Wharf, can you tell us a little bit about it and a little bit about that history? Yeah. So Wharf was created to enable the university's research to solve the world's problems, a, a big lofty goal. Um, but specifically, we are designated the designated patenting and licensing organization for the university. University of Wisconsin-Madison. And we were established by university scientists in need of an innovative solution back in 
1925. Um, Harry Steenbach, he was a professor in biochemistry, had just made a breakthrough discovery that you could um, fortify certain fatty foods with vitamin D when exposing them to ultraviolet light. Um, at the time, Ricketts was a huge problem and nutritional needs were needed. And he knew that this invention had a great potential to impact public health. So he filed a patent on his own because at the time, universities weren't really managing patents. They thought that was something that companies and industry did. Um, so Harry did that on his own. And after patenting his invention, he, he received a, a really lucrative commercial offer for his invention. But instead of just wanting to sell, patent for profit. He really wanted to find a way that he could ensure that the proceeds from the patent work and the licensing would go back to support further research at the university. So, you know, not really sure on how to do that. He reached out to um, Harry Russell, who was the dean of the College of Agriculture at the time, and Charles Slichter, who was the dean of the graduate school. And they together conceived an independent nonprofit organization that would manage the university's patented technologies, and then invest the revenue to support future university research. Um, they established an endowment, which today is worth over $3 billion. And with that endowment and our licensing revenue, we're really able to provide an annual grant to UW-Madison that in fiscal year 21 was over $88 million. Um, and when you adjust all the numbers for inflation, we've provided over $3 billion in support back to UW. And we also provide a share back to the inventors of our licensed technology. And we've provided over $200 million back to the inventors. So, you know, we've really been able to be successful in our patenting and licensing efforts and really have a strong contribution to campus. Um, in addition to our focus on UW-Madison, we also now support the Mortgage Institute for Research. And we were involved in creating our sister organizations, um, YCell, to support the advancement of stem cell science, and YSIS, which is the tech transfer office for the other UW system schools, with the exclusion of Milwaukee. Well, and Janine, I know as a result of all this um, success at the university, or WARF has had rather, that you have a number of different programs and things um, that you have available. And one of those that I'd like to talk about first is the WARF Accelerator. Can you tell us how that originated, how many companies have gone through it, and other details? Yeah, so um, as many know, licensing university research can be really hard. Um, sometimes technologies are really not advanced enough to be the point where they're ready for licensing, but they're outside the scope of traditional university grants. And that's really why we established our accelerator program. We have technologies that would benefit from additional data, additional prototyping. Um, I work with medical devices, so maybe we needed some animal work done demonstrating the utility of the device. And we're able to utilize industry experts, we call catalysts, to provide feedback on commercial potential of technologies, as well as the technology de-risking milestones that should be accomplished to help the commercialization of the technology and advance them closer to the market. 
So we fund technologies in clean tech, computer science and engineering, food and egg, healthcare and research tools. So really almost from all over campus. And what we do is we look to our um, existing IP portfolio and identify technologies that we think have a lot of promise. And then we reach out to the faculty members, let them know about our work and see if it's something that they're interested in and being part of and helping through the commercialization process of their technology. Um, many of these technologies have or will be the basis for new startup companies, um, but we do also license them to existing commercial partners. This program isn't specific to startup technologies. Um, it's really about enhancing the commercial potential of our portfolio. We spend about $2 million a year on projects and our accelerator team um, led by Greg Keenan and Neele, they work diligently to find catalysts to review our projects and really maintain that strong network with industry so we can get that great feedback. Um, they attend national marketing events such as uh, TechConnect and other university licensing focused um, events to you know promote the accelerator program technologies, engage with Z VC firms, and they also really provide a lot of project management and development guidance to our projects. So they really help shepherd the technologies through the program and really work to kind of tee up the technologies so that way when the research is done, um, licensing has a nice package to take to either the startup or um, an existing company. Yeah. And in that same vein, you also have something called Wharf Therapeutics as well. Can you tell us more a little bit about that as well and what it hopes to accomplish? Yeah. So Wharf Therapeutics is kind of a really amped up version of the accelerator program for pharmaceutical technologies. Um, we were working with pharma technologies in our accelerator program, but the dollar amount that we had in that program just really wasn't um, enough to move the needle on some of these um, more early stage targets and drug candidates. It's just so expensive to do pharmaceutical development. So we established Wharf Therapeutics and it's a translational research path for validated targets and novel drug candidates that have been developed um, at UW-Madison as well as the Mortgage Institute for Research. And utilizing a virtual drug discovery model, we invest in these validated targets and work to move them into a high value developed chemical asset with a compelling preclinical data package that can be licensed to a company and then lead the development of a, you know, to a novel medication that, you know, hopefully will treat patients with unmet medical needs. We launched the program in 2018, and we are currently working on programs in oncology, ophthalmology, and fibrosis. Uh, the program's led by John Young, um, and he has 25 years of medicinal chemistry experience. He spent time at Merck and Celgene and Regulus. He was part of developing eight clinical candidates, so he has a great background to lead this program. Our projects are selected with input from an industry advisory board. Um, who have expertise from large and small pharma, including Merck and Pfizer, Celgene, Eli Lilly, um, Kronos Bio. So, you know, we really look to um, take the experience from pharma and, you know, some real veterans from that um, industry and bring them to UW campus, search out these novel um really kind of some of the basic science research that's done here on campus and find a way to turn them into a pharmaceutical product down the line. 
So Janine, I know Wharf also has something called Wharf Ventures that provides seed and growth funding to early stage startups that are commercializing some of the technology that comes from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and the Mortgage Institute. Can you tell us a little bit more about Wharf Ventures and how it decides which early stage startups to fund? Yeah, so Wharf Ventures is led by our chief venture officer, Mike uh, Parsh. He's an experienced VC, was also an entrepreneur, did a number of startup companies himself. Um, And Wharf Ventures is an internal venture capital fund dedicated to developing technologies rooted at UW-Madison and the Mortgage Institute. This comes primarily through investing in and supporting early stage startups that have licensed technology from Wharf. Um, investing in WARF licensees can really help increase the likelihood of technology development and commercialization and those royalty returns back to WARF that we use to support the university. However, we support activities from all areas of campus and can invest in companies that have a tie to UW but not WARF IP as it is a means to provide returns back to the UW when our traditional patent licensing is not as play. Investments considered for inclusion in the venture and portfolio really enhance Wharf's effectiveness in working with our inventors and our entrepreneurs and improving the overall results for Wharf and the UW-Madison entrepreneurial community. Our process involves diligence activities from our venture team, um, presentations from the startup team to our internal venture committee, which consists of our CEO, our chief venture officer, our chief intellectual property and licensing officer, our senior director for ventures, and me, the senior director for IP and licensing. And if investments are above a certain threshold amount or a certain threshold cumulative amount for follow-on investments, um, we look to a subcommittee of our board of trustees for approval as well. When we consider an investment, we are really looking for, you know, are there other meaningful investors coming in on the round as they will also help provide guidance and connections and other resources to the startup in addition to their investment. We look for a strong startup team. Um, We also really want our investment to help accomplish a strategic milestone for the company and really ready them for the next round of funding because we are coming in at a very early stage. And of course, we look at the market opportunity and what the exit returns, you know, could be because we are here to not only support technology development, but also get a return on our investment to continue our our growth of our endowment and our support of the UW. Now, I know another program that Wharf has available is something called the Wharf Innovation Awards. Can you tell us what that is and what that's all about? Yeah, that's it's a really fun event. Um, It's we do it annually, and it's really to provide recognition to some of the groundbreaking work that we see. Um, every year, we select some of the most commercially promising technologies that were disclosed to us, and then we work with an expert panel of independent judges to review our nominations and then select two winners, which each share $10,000 amongst their team. We nominate technologies from different research areas on campus that we believe present an exciting solution to an important problem, could be translated from the university lab to -to day-to-day practical use, or that are foundational technologies with the potential for long-term impact. We look for these qualities as we review all of the disclosures that we receive from campus, but these rewards are an opportunity for us to highlight some of the outstanding technical achievements that we saw throughout the year. 
Yeah, that must be a fun thing to do. Uh, is that something you do at the end of every year? Um, it, we it's actually in the fall usually. Um, our, our fiscal year in the university's calendar year um, ends uh, is a, a July one start date. So uh, we let people come back to campus um, and then um, have the event in the fall. Very neat. Very neat. Um, and along those same lines, I know that Wharf is very engaged in the local community and produces an extensive range of programs and events for innovators, research, and um, others. And in fact, it's pretty impressive when you look on your website to see all the various programs that you have. And the idea is these programs help to bridge disciplines and spark invention and connect UW-Madison with industry and the, the community can you share with us some examples of these programs and tell us logistically um, how you conduct them? And I'm sure that's been challenging given the pandemic over the last year or so. Yeah, um, we have a programming team that leads all of these efforts. And um, as you mentioned, with the pandemic, they really had to um, jump on to how are they going to um, have these events given the near virtual environment and they really um, pulled things together and did a great job this year in adapting. Um, but one of the great resources that we have is uh, the Wisconsin Institute for Discovery and various teaching labs and a town center facility that exists in that building. And when Wharf and the UW and the mortgages were, were planning the institutes and the mortgage institute for research, it was really important to everyone to provide a space um, to have a focus on education and entrepreneurship. And um, that's what's led to this central space on campus where the community and industry can gather and discover more about the research and innovation that takes place on um, campus. You know, this happens through various events throughout the year. We uh, participate in the uh, Wisconsin Wide uh, Science Festival. They have Saturday science events um, where families um, and others can come in and just see some of the research that's being highlighted um, across campus within the Discovery Building. And then we also are part of the Force for Positive Change, which highlights organizations that are really making social impact. Um, WARF also hosts an essential topic seminar series that provides information on relevant subjects such as patent legislation, immigration, novel discoveries from campus, and IP and licensing basics. And we also have an Entrepreneur on um, series, which is a networking series for entrepreneurs that bring together thought leaders from across the country to really exchange perspectives and expertise on entrepreneurship and startup companies. Uh, Laura Heisler is our director of programming and she really leads these efforts and has had great success in engaging UW's campus as well as the state in our activities, as well as bringing some nationally renowned experts um, to these programs. Now, Janine, we've talked a lot about all the different programs that WARF offers, and I'd like to turn back to your office a little bit and talk about that in more detail. Can you tell us how your office is structured? Yeah, so because we are a separate organization from the UW, we have to have our own traditional 
back office teams of accounting and HR and IT. But that also means that we get to have our own dedicated legal and communications teams who are focused on helping our technology uh, commercialization activities. We have a dedicated contracts attorney who has great experience in IP licensing and a skilled communications team who helps with technical writing and developing market strategies. Um, I mentioned our programming team who helps develop the educational networking series to help support outreach to campus and technology development and entrepreneurism. And then we have support teams um, that manage our IP dockets as well as our contract obligations. And then we have our technology commercialization team, which really consists of those three strategic initiatives that we already discussed with Accelerator, Therapeutics, and Ventures. And then we have our intellectual property and licensing team. So I'll go in a little more detail about that. We have six IP experts that work to develop new disclosures from campus, um, work with the the PIs, the researchers, the graduate students, um, evaluate the protection options and feasibility, manage the patent drafting and prosecution process, and really diligently develop and manage our IP portfolio. We have seven licensing experts who then evaluate the commercial potential of new disclosures, understand industry needs and trends, market our accepted technologies, you know, develop and maintain industry relationships, and then negotiate the deals. Um, you know, as a team, we really continually work to develop industry-focused approaches to our IP management and then licensing activities, you know, working to grow our IP portfolio and important markets when possible, and using strategic international IP to protect and allow for international revenue and develop licensing and business development plans to help grow our our license opportunities. You know, our team is really uh, fortunate in that we get to utilize the accelerator program to enhance our key technologies for licensing. We get to work with venture to support um, our startup activity from campus and enhance our startup technology commercialization and equity investment potential and partner with therapeutics, kind of find the diamonds in the rough. So we're, we're all kind of positioned together as a technology commercialization team that is here to help support commercialization of UW technology. And a couple examples this year, um, we had an effort to encourage inventions related to the microbiome. We view this as a strategic market um, that we want to be involved in. And there's, you know, expertise in multiple areas on campus. And we partnered with our accelerator program on a call for research projects focused on microbiome innovations. This brought in a number of new disclosures for us, and then we were able to provide funding for further development activities around these inventions such that we can improve the licensing potential of them. Uh, We also have a cool experiment going on this year with our venture team who partnered with High Alpha High Alpha Innovation to create Varsity Ventures, which is a venture studio dedicated to finding big ideas from campus that can be turned into software businesses. And they provide dedicated startup capital, hands-on support to build the company. And it was a great way to you know, reach out to campus, talk to people who maybe didn't see something as a traditional patentable invention, but something where it if put some resource to it, it could be a really interesting software company. So that's actually kind of ongoing right now. So we'll see where where that ends up. Very cool. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, I should also mention that we have an ambassador program, which is working with graduate students and postdocs that are interested in learning more about university tech transfer and, and help us promote the benefits about IP disclosure and commercialization on campus. And they also kind of serve as disclosure scouts um, in their lab and in departments and help us identify um, inventions on campus. And then, of course, we have our investment team that manages um, our endowment uh, very successfully and really allows us to continue to be a margin of excellence on campus by having that endowment as a, as a strong resource. Well, I think today it would be really interesting, given all the programs and activities that are going on there at Wharf. if you could, if you wouldn't mind, share with us how many invention disclosures, patent filings, revenue generating agreements, royalty income, and things like that, that Wharf had last year. Yeah, so in um, fiscal year 2020, um, we had 380 new disclosures. We filed 115 new U.S. patent applications, um, had 166 patents issue or U.S. patents issue. We did 52 license agreements um, and had about $16 million in licensing revenue come in. I'd say those numbers are pretty average for us. Our five-year average of uh, licensing revenues around $18 million. So we had a little bit of a down year in 2020. We've had some IP um, that's been starting to come off um, patents in some of our more lucrative license agreements. So we're seeing a little softening in our licensing revenue. We had seven startups in fiscal year 20. And then our ventures team, um, I believe, did eight investments six new companies, and then two follow-on investments. Well, those are still pretty impressive numbers for a pandemic because I I know from talking to other guests at other universities that a lot of things were down last year. So congratulations. That's really, really still impressive despite everything going on. Yeah. So I also wanted to ask you um, what you think is most important in managing innovations to have the greatest opportunity for success. Yeah, I think it's really understanding if there's a need for the technology and how unique our solution really is and how to make our solution the most attractive. You know, there's sometimes alternatives to our innovations, and we really work hard to understand if and how ours can compete in its technology space and the market space. And if there's a need, you know, then we can seek out other resources to help further develop the technology if it's needed or how to create a startup company around it. But you really can't change whether or not there's a need for it. So, you know, understanding the underlying um, need and uh, improvement that the technology brings, I think is really important. Now, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you, and you've touched on this a a little bit with Wharf Therapeutics about corporate partners and the role they play there in tech transfer at Wharf. Can you give us some additional examples of some relationships you have with corporate partners? Yeah, so the UW has a really strong history of partnering with industry. They have you know, numerous um, sponsored research relationships. They have a relationship with GE Healthcare in the imaging space that's existed for decades, actually. Um, they work with 3M. They work with Bemis or Amcor, um, Johnson Controls, Johnsonville Sausage, Phillips. I mean, there's just numerous interactions with industry all over campus. Um, a lot of Wisconsin-based companies, but also global companies as well. So given that, would you say that having these corporate partners has led to more deals or maybe differently structured deals? I think that 
it's probably yes. Um, by having the strong research connection, the technologies that are developed along with corporate partners, you know, can sometimes be a little more focused on a problem that the company actually has. You know, the company has reached out to the university, is looking to partner in a specific area. So, you know, the likelihood that that technology coming out of that research is of interest to industry is just that much higher. Um, with regards to different structures, you know, these these research relationships and partnerships, you know, really can provide a pipeline of new technologies for the corporate sponsors to be able to review and potentially licensing. So that relationship in itself really helps improve the chance of licensing as we have direct access to those decision makers. Um, I'm sure it's led to, you know, licensing deals with unique structures. You know, a lot of it depends on the level of support and engagement as well as the amount of IP. So, you know, every, every deal is different. Um, but I think having the, corporate relationship is really um, has provided additional success to our tech transfer efforts. Now, what about the role of philanthropic organizations like the Gates Foundation? Do you have much interaction with them there at Wharf? We definitely have IP that was developed with funding from such organizations. Um, I can't really think of many situations where that funding has had impact on a lot of our commercialization opportunities, but um, you know they they do provide a great alternative funding mechanism for research. And, you know, a lot of the work that they're looking to support has a slightly different angle in terms of a social impact or a medical impact that they're looking to have. So, um, you know, it's great when we see uh, researchers being able to partner with the, the philanthropic organizations. Definitely, definitely. And I think given our conversation to this point, Janine, um, it's obvious Wharf has a 96-year history. It's had a lot of success. Would you mind sharing some of your biggest success stories for us in terms of successful technology startups or anything else? Yeah. So our our largest um, kind of and most successful technology in our recent history definitely came from Hector DeLuca in um, biochemistry, a lot of research around vitamin D and vitamin A, um, hundreds of U.S. patents. Um, there's a building on campus, uh, you know, named after him. Um, you know, some of these technologies were licensed to AbbVie and were the basis of a drug named Zemplar. And that is our largest revenue producer to date. So that's a really significant one for us. Um, going back further, we had Carl Paul Link, who developed the blood thinner uh, Coumadin. It also has a tie to the rat poison warfarin. <laughs> um, and we have Lynn Ellen Hoffman, who founded Stratatech. Um, and she developed a regenerative skin tissue that helps the damaged skin repair itself. It's called Stratagraft. Um, Stratatech was recently purchased by Mellencrot, and they're in the clinical approval process right now for the skin graft. Mark Cook and Mike Pariza developed a CLA nutritional supplement that was very successful for us. Of course, there's Yoshi Kawioka's influenza vaccine technology that's utilized in Flumist, the popular nasal flu vaccine. John Wiley and John Parapesco had computer chip technology that was utilized by Sony and Toshiba in the Sony PlayStation gaming systems. Um, we also have computer chip technology from Grace Sohi. Um, we had numerous imaging technologies from uh, groups led by Chuck Mistretta and Tom Gris that were licensed to Siemens, GE, and, and Philips. Um, we also had Rock Mackey and Paul Reckworks 
um, really innovative radiation therapy system, Chomotherapy, that was a successful startup company that had an IPO and was acquired. Um, Mike Sussman's DNA array technology that was the basis for his startup company Nimblegen, who was later bought by Roche. Numerous crop and plant varieties, um, including the high red cranberries. Um, and of course, you know, the Jamie Thompson um, stem cell technologies, which are licensed to many companies, including his startup company Cellular Dynamics, who went public and then was later bought by Fuji. Well, congratulations. That's a pretty impressive list of successful technologies. Yeah. So, Janine, what would you say are your office's two biggest challenges? <laughs> um, uh, since I'm more on the licensing side, I'll start with finding licensees for our technologies. Um, our technologies are not solutions to everyone's problems. So finding one company who can implement our technology and is willing to actually license it from us and pay us royalties is, you know, is something that we work hard on, you know, every day. Um, this year, as um, you mentioned, you know, it was it was a little difficult to, um, our, you know, it was a little difficult to maintain a strong disclosure pipeline. We saw a decrease in our disclosure activity from, you know, Ju- I'd say July through January. Um, we started to see an uptick, but our disclosure numbers are a little normal, a uh, little lower than normal. We've done a lot of outreach to campus. Um, we did some, um, this time last year, supported some development of some COVID technologies. But campus activities and research just looked different this past year, and we're feeling it in our disclosure numbers. Um, we also see some softening in our startup numbers this year. You know, I think people are delayed from the pandemic. Um, we have a few projects that we're going through our accelerator program that were leading towards startups and some of that work was delayed just because of research activities being delayed. So we'll see if there's a bounce back this coming year. Yeah. And just going back to the disclosure numbers, I've had several guests, uh, as I've alluded to uh, earlier in the podcast, mentioned to me that their disclosure numbers have, have been down as well. So I think it's common across a lot of universities. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you, does WARF have any programs to help encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? And if so, could you tell us a little bit more about those programs? Yes, I'm proud to say that we do. And a number of years ago already, um, WARF, along with the Small Business Development Center at UW-Madison, developed and created support for a program called Upstart. And Upstart is a program that provides free business and entrepreneurship training to women and people of color. The focus is on elevating and strengthening the entrepreneurial ecosystem and help build confidence in individuals who didn't necessarily see themselves as entrepreneurs, but, you know, had a really unique and fun um, idea for a company, but just didn't know where to go and didn't know quite how to do it. So the program provides tools that you need to help start or expand a business. It includes classes on marketing to buying insurance and to writing business plans. So this is something that I think Wharf's um, had and supported for the past 10 years, and it's still going strong. I think we're working to make improvements to it every year and adjust um, with the new climate in the different business environments and really looking to expand these efforts and help as many people as we can. Uh, We also do outreach to campus um, when 
faculty members are new on campus, we reach out to them, make sure they know about WARF and our activities and how we can be involved in their research and commercialization. Um, we also reach out to people if we've seen interesting publications that we think would be, you know, good for our IP and licensing efforts. And if we haven't heard from somebody in a long time, we reach out. Um, one of my colleagues, Jennifer Gottwald, is also on um, Autumn's Women Inventors Committee, who's focused on really closing the gender gap in university patenting. So there's a number of ways that um, we're trying to be involved and, and really view that this is something that the more you can support these activities, just the overall the community will be better. Absolutely. And congratulations. It sounds like you guys have some great programs and that's that's really great to to hear. So switching gears again, Janine, I wanted to ask you, what organizations are you and your team involved in and what value do you think they add? We are members of both Autumn and LES. Um, Autumn is really great for education and training when you're new to the tech transfer field. And then as you're maturing in your career, it's really helpful in maintaining contacts at other institutions, you know, advocating for university tech transfer staying up on the involving technology fields and kind of best practices in university IP management and licensing. We've also this year really looked towards Adam, Adam, Autumn for guidance on equity, diversity, and inclusion in university technology patenting and licensing. Um, Autumn gathers annual data and um, that's a really great way to benchmark activities against other institutions to seeing, you know, what are people seeing? What are trends? Um, how do we all improve? And as well as the helpful in advocating for our field. People are members at LES and other um, industrial trade groups as it really helps connect with industry contact and really be up on the industry licensing trends. Now, do you have a view on credentialing things like the registered tech transfer professional designation? I think it really depends on the, the stage of your career. This hasn't been something that we've required um, at, at Wharf. Um, people in our office have them, others don't. Um, on our IP side of things, most of our IP um, experts have passed the patent bar. Um, so we have, you know, patent agents on licensing. We also have others who, you know, have the certified licensing professional certification. Um, but it's something that we think um, can be important, but not necessary. Janine, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Well, it'd be really great if we would have a success come from our work therapeutics program. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a, a large investment that we're making. Um, but as many have seen in university tech transfer, um, the large royalty revenues really come from uh, having a pharmaceutical on the market. So, you know, we think it's a great program to as assist this exciting research going on campus, but also, um, you know, can have a big impact on the revenue coming into WARF and then our ability to support UW. Um, and, you know, the other thing I'd, I think would be great is if we could um, diversify our revenue stream, um, as I'm sure other tech transfer office see, you know, the majority of our revenue comes from about 20% of our deals. So it'd be great to increase the number of high value deals that we're able to execute as it would allow to kind of grow and expand our impact across campus. Um, 
I'd also like to see us be able to improve our commercialization success for our licensed technology. So about 35 to 40% of our patent portfolio is licensed. And with those licensed technologies, I'd like to see the number that actually become products increase. You know, one of the cool parts about my job is seeing UW technologies become products and, you know, seeing these products actually be advertised um, and being able to show people the results of UW's work and the research that happens and Wharf's efforts is, is really rewarding. So, you know, I'd like to see more of our technologies um, actually become products. We have a really great history and, you know, I'm excited to be part of this team that's really working to create Worse Future and to continue to grow our partnership with UW and help advance the research and grow the impact that the University of Wisconsin is having, um, you know, in our state, supporting the Wisconsin idea and just looking to see how we can have a global impact. Well, Janine, I can't thank you enough for all your insights and time today. It's been an absolute pleasure If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Sure. They can, um, you know, email me. Uh, My email is just simply janine at wharf.org. You know, visit our website, wharf.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. So we try to make ourselves really uh, approachable and available. So feel free to reach out. Well, great. Thanks so much again, Janine. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to you. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.